Hi, I'm Steve. My name's Eric, also known as Nut Vader. <laughs> you stole it. Already off to a great start. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Uh, anyway, and I'm Tyler, also known as Jehovah's Thickness, and this is Wikipedia. Holy shit, that is amazing. I, I used to have a trivia team named Jehovah's Thickness. I think I, I think I'm about to give uh, name of the week to uh, Tyler for that one. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty. Anyway, good one. this is this is Wikipedia. <laughs> Basically, the purpose of this podcast is we are going to drink whiskey and go down the dark depths of, of Wikipedia. Basically, we're going to start off at a random article, and then we're going to continue to go down through Wikipedia through various links on each page, and we're going to see how far we can get. Sounds good. Oh, uh, we we got pretty low last week. <laughs> we, last week was uh, was really bad. Friday wasn't so bad. Saturday morning was not great. <laughs> uh, I was doing pretty good. <laughs> Lucky you. The best the best part about this week is I actually have to do some production patching <laughs> oh, tonight. <shit>. So. <laughs> oh baby, you're gonna fix Yellow. the hell out of those servers. Why does all our websites redirect to Wikipedia? What the fuck? <laughs> Listen, he's, he's just they, trying to help why out. Why do they all redirect to Texas? <laughs> <laughs> Not to the Texas Wikipedia article. They just dump into a random IP that's physically located in Texas. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, we're on the Alamo server. <laughs> <coughs> mm, okay. Oh, my God. <clears throat> Get a calling card like Big Tex was here. <laughs> Mess with the best, fry like the rest. Uh, Steve, what are you drinking? Uh, I am finally not drinking the Jim Beam Maple. I am drinking Monkey Shoulder, which Monkey Shoulder is—it's technically a blended malt, but it's not the way normal blended malts is, where they throw various malts together and make one. They actually take three different single malts post-production, and they're—they're they're actual good single malts: uh, Glenfiddich, Balvenie, and Kinnevi. And it's uh, it's pretty solid. It's it's very very light and drinkable. Uh, it, it tends to evaporate a little bit by the end of the the uh, the drink. So I like it. Um, I am currently drinking. Uh, well, this this week I decided I'm not going to do scotch. Instead, I'm going to go back to bourbon. And I got a bottle of Blanton's that I've had around for a while now. It's uh, kind of known for the. Uh, the little guy. It has a cork with a guy on a horse. Little little statue guy. It's, it's my kind little, of cork. Little horse fella. And uh, it's it's a really nice it's a really nice bourbon. It's really smooth and kind of sweet. But yeah, it, it's it's an easy drinker. All right, let's see if Eric can actually pronounce what he's drinking this time. No. So what I was drinking last week, I finished the bottle. Yikes. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't surprise me too much, but... It's good. <laughs> so what are you drinking now, dickhead? Whatever. I forgot the name. <sighs> Eric. What? Thanks, everybody. We'll see you again. <laughs> All right. All right. Good, good, good show, guys. Wrap it up. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. That four-beer lunch did not help you. No, it did not.
<laughs> Seriously, Eric, what are you drinking? Is the bottle nearby? Can you read? No, it's in, uh, no, no. Like I'd have to like take off my headset, walk into my kitchen. Why don't you, you know, set the up. bottle I'll, next to you? I'll go get it. I'll be right back. I mean, is that what you're okay. doing, Tyler? Uh, yeah, I have I have multiple bottles of whiskey near me, which <laughs> is healthy. not good. It's very healthy. Right, I'm back. It was All right, what do you got? Glenmorangie. Oh my god, uh-huh. number one, Glenmorangie. <laughs> number two, isn't that what you had last week? That's what I said! I said I had what I had last week, but I finished... No, you, I, said you, you, you said you, you finished, finished the bottle. No, yeah, I finished the bottle tonight. Oh, like you just poured oh. the last glass? Yeah, I just poured the last of it oh, into my glass. Okay, okay. Okay. God damn it. Eric. That's what I said! It's not my... No, you can't blame me. This is oh, not, we can I'm, blame I'm, you all. I'm, I'm like, blaming you. We're blaming Nobody can blame you. fucking Nut Vader, right? Uh, no, we're, we are absolutely <laughs> blaming you. Did you get your nut button yet? Not yet. <laughs> Somebody else donated another $10, so now I'm getting two nut buttons. <laughs> Oh no! I'm now imagining like a button, like a button wall of just all them nut buttons. So you just start going nuts on them. All right, let's let's get started and pull up random articles each. Um, all right. What? Okay. I got chaotic rotation. Oh god. Oh wow. It involves the irregular and unpredictable rotation of an astronomical body. Unlike Earth's rotation, a chaotic rotation may not have a fixed axis or period. Yeah. Um, so I got cannabis in Namibia. Ooh. <laughs> which unfortunately is an extremely short article and I don't think we can do much with. It's all right. Mine also is very short. I got Morinata, which is a genus of moth belonging to Tortricidae family. Hey, guess what? I got bugs again. <laughs> we're not starting with bugs again. <laughs> All right, Eric. There's we're... like nothing on this article, so that's yeah, fine. Mine has like the uh, the local term for weed, uh, where they export <laughs> it, and legislation. <laughs> that's it. We call it weed. <laughs> no, uh, they call it uh, daga. Daga is the term for cannabis, and uh, a joint is called daga. a joint. <laughs> so oh, okay. <laughs> there you go. All right, uh, Eric, do you want to give us the link so that we can start onto your page? Because that's where we're going. Yours is the least right. bad. It's a show, but there's some weird, there's some good interesting links, links so. we can jump into. All right, so like you said, uh, a chaotic rotation may not have a fixed axis or period, and it's just basically turning randomly. Hmm. So yeah, like so me when I dance. Right? Yeah, oh. exactly. Get the cat. What the fuck, man? You deserve it. It's fine. <laughs> Examples of chaotic rotation include Hyperion, a moon of Saturn, which rotates so unpredictably that the Cassini probe could not be reliably scheduled to pass by unexplored regions. <laughs> probe. <laughs> uh, I, I so, can't even. So pretty much they're, they had to make an entry about this thing spins really weird, so we're just going to call it chaotic rotation. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's like an actual astronomical term, um, but it's just to mean that it's it's not predictable, it's not consistent. It's the equivalent of, like, if you throw a rock down a hill, that's chaotic rotation. It's just going to randomly be like, yeah, I'm turning this way now, fuck it. 
Uh, in this article, uh, there's interesting, because there's reference to Pluto's moons, which I didn't know Pluto had moons because I didn't think it had a strong enough gravitational pull. But anyway, they have some, uh, they have some pretty interesting names, including Nix, Hydra, Styx, and Kerberos. Nice. And possibly Styx. <laughs> possibly Styx and Kerberos. I, I bet Maybe. you, I, I bet know. you Styx and Kerberos are probably like so far out of its orbit that they're like, we, we're not even sure they orbit Pluto. <laughs> they might just be heading the same way. They just kind of hang out like, they're like, hey, what's up? When I'm Styx, this is Kerberos. We're just chilling here <laughs> in space wearing a leather. Yo, my name's Styx. This is my boy Kerberos. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. We run this corner. <laughs> <laughs> we run this solar system. All right. Um. If, so, it, if like every planet was a gang, what gang would Earth be? The worst. Hey. <laughs> uh, so, Eric. Calm yourself. You are you are you are a goddamn menace to society right now. And it's only seven I minutes mean, in. I I am every week. Like you should know this. Um, all right, let's look at one of Pluto's moons because, like I like you said, Ta Tyler, I didn't know that Pluto had that many. How about sticks? Oh my god! You want to go to Nix? Nix or sticks? Let's go to Nix because I already clicked it. Okay. Why is okay? Never mind. Never uh, mind. Let's say why is there like a piece of salt on my screen? <laughs> why is there a burnt potato on the screen? Oh, that's Nix. <laughs> Nix is a natural satellite of Pluto. It was discovered along the with Hydra, Pluto's outermost satellite, in two thousand five. It was imaged along Pluto and other moons by the New Horizons spacecraft as it flew by the Pluto system in July two thousand fifteen. Of the four small Plutonian moons, the best pictures of our Nix with resolutions as high as 330 meters per pixel. Wow. That's that's a pretty high resolution camera. Um, so yeah, it looks like it was found by Hubble long ass time ago. I'm still surprised that Pluto has enough gravitational pull to even have moons. Like plural moons. Like, wasn't yeah. Pluto classified as a moon itself or an asteroid or something? They they labeled it, it was no longer a planet, it's a dwarf then it was planet. a dwarf planet, and then I think they, like, just recently, like, they went back on it, it back to planet. Yeah. Back, back to planet. Oh, wow. Back to planet. He's a hero, gonna take space pollution down to zero. <laughs> The moon's axial tilt and day length vary greatly over short time scales. At the time of the New Horizons flyby, Nix was rotating with a period of 43.9 hours. And it, so, in other words, it was rotating backwards in its relation to its orbit to Pluto, around Pluto. That's fucking weird. So it's like rotating clockwise around Pluto, but it's spinning counterclockwise. I think space travel will ever get us to, like, around Pluto. I mean... Not at any speed that's helpful to humans, I don't think. All right, but real quick, do you guys remember the fucking Magic School Bus episode where they went out to space? <laughs> I, I don't, actually. Very vaguely. The only scene I remember about it was, uh, uh, what's the dorky redhead's name? Uh, not Carlos. Not Carlos. Certainly not Carlos, no. <laughs> 
But I remember, like, he was like, I'm done with this. And he takes off his helmet. Everyone's like, no. And then his, like, head freezes. Dude, not going to lie, that was one of the most traumatic experiences of my childhood. And actually, like, being exposed to the vacuum of space won't kill you like that. It'll suck if you can't breathe. And if you try to hold your breath, it'll break your lungs. But you're not going to, like, have your head explode or freeze or anything like that. Yeah, because, like, I remember that the total recall death was not how you would die on Mars, too. I, like, I, see, I would have thought that, like, you just freeze to death, like, out in space since, like, there's no heat out there. No, uh, so there isn't any real heat out there, but there's also no way, there's so little matter, there's no way to disperse the heat. So you don't really lose your body heat. Oh, interesting. You'll pass out from lack of oxygen first. It's so cold that, like, I mean, maybe you'll just freeze over? I don't know, is that how it works? You'll eventually freeze, but you will you'll have suffocated to death first, long before. Huh. That's the big uh, problem with space. Speaking speaking of cold, apparently Nix's temperature uh, goes from thirty three to fifty five Kelvin. That's holy shit. Low. Yeah. Fuck. I don't that know. means there's just there's nothing. What's the scale for Kelvin to Celsius? Is it's like? It's a lot. <laughs> it's like minus one hundred and fifty or two hundred or something crazy like that. Let's just click on Kelvin. Let's go there. Let's look at it. We're going to Kelvin. Kelvin temperature conversion from Celsius to Kelvin is uh, minus 273.15. So wait, what was the planet at? Like uh, 33 to 55 Kelvins. Let's say 55. That would be negative 360 degrees Fahrenheit. No, negative 360 degrees Celsius. No, I'm, I'm using a Fahrenheit calculator. Oh, okay. Celsius would be negative 218. Okay, yeah. I never got so, old. I never got a hold of Celsius, so I'm I'm on fucking uh, Fahrenheit I'm looking, shit. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking here, and apparently there's a um, a type of degree. What is a Rankine? I have no idea. I've never heard that before. That sounds like Star Wars. I have That's no a Rancor. Idea what that means. <laughs> it looks like it's just the Fahrenheit equivalent of Kelvin, because the yeah nine fifths is the conversion scale from celsius to fahrenheit so i think that might be what it is so why did they make kelvin now because uh, if we had let's look if we had celsius we're, we're on the page fahrenheit. let's read in 1848 william thompson who later was made lord kelvin wrote in his paper on an absolute thermometric scale of the need for a scale whereby infinite cold was the scale's null point and which used the degree celsius for its units increment Kelvin calculated that absolute zero was equivalent to minus 273 degrees Celsius on the air thermometers of the time. Kelvin's value of minus 273 was the negative reciprocal of 0 0.00366, the accepted expansion coefficient of gas per degree Celsius, giving a remarkable consistency to the currently accepted value. Okay, why did why did William Thompson later became known as Lord Kelvin? I don't know why. Why did he name it Kelvin? I mean, why did the guy who made Ultima change his name to Lord British? Like, sometimes people just want to have a cool Lord title. Like, I would love to have the title of Lord Nut Vader. But, <laughs> yeah, that's just me. I, I think you're going to get Lord Drinking Problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. I, I look back up here. It's Kelvin Scale is named after the Belfast-born Glasgow University engineer and physicist William Thompson, 1st Baron Kelvin. Holy crap. I don't even know. So is there like means. a whole entire monarchy of Kelvin? 
Yes. I, I, I guess. <laughs> Loom, I'm the queen of Kelvin. Fight me. No. <laughs> Fight me, bitch. Coward. Kelvin. I, I just want to, I'm just jumping around now. Uh, I'm down to, under the practical uses, Kelvin as a measure of noise. Yeah, I what? just got to there. In electronics, the Kelvin is used as an indicator of how noisy a circuit in relation to the ultimate noise floor what the fuck is a noise floor? <laughs> uh, that's basically like complete silence. or Well, not complete oh, okay. silence, but it's like the... I, I'm guessing in this context, it would be complete absence of sound. God, that's got to be weird. I remember reading about some room where it was essentially as close as it could possibly be to complete silence. And it was to the point where like you can hear your blood pumping and it like drives people crazy. Holy shit. Yeah, let's look at noise floor. I want to go in there. I want to go crazy. Me too. Yeah, I just pulled up an article about it. This article is about physics terms. For the Bright Eyes album, see Noise Floor, Rarities, 1998 <laughs> to 2005. No fucking thank you. I like exactly one Bright Eyes song and no others. So the longest anyone survived in uh, Anikoyak Chamber, which is like the silence room, yeah, uh, was just 45 minutes. Yeah, I wow. would not want that. It's 99.99% sound absorbent and holds the Guinness World Record for the world's quietest place. And if you stay there too long, you may start hallucinating. Holy shit. Yeah, I mean, halluc- Yo, dude, I'm going to go there and just trip balls. <laughs> that would be like the gnarliest fucking trip. With- I, I, I don't think I, I could do that. I would love to see a movie about it, but I could not do that. What would be the what would be the psychedelics equivalent of Wikipedia? Mushropedia? I don't think that works so well. Um, Acidpedia? In signal theory, the noise floor is the measure of the signal created from the sum of all noise sources and unwanted signals within a measurement system. In radio communications and electronics, this may include thermal noise, black body, cosmic noise, as well as atmospheric noise from distant thunderstorms, and similar, and any other unwanted man-made signals, sometimes referred to as incidental noise. So yeah, the noise floor is just like... Like right now, I think looking at Audacity in this room for me, it's like at minus 66 from whatever the maximum is here. Um, Mm. So there's just background noise. I mean, the noise of wind outside. The room, room, yeah. The room and like the electricity running through the house. And my neighbor's shitty, stupid beamer with the aftermarket muffler on it. Oh, he's got a fart cannon. On a fucking BMW. (laughs) <laughs> and do you want to know what he likes to do? He likes to come home from the bar at 3 in the morning, turn the car on, redline it, and then go to bed. You know what? Yeah, I will, that You know what? That dude at least knows what he wants in life. To be an like, asshole? <laughs> no, like, you know what? You get home like, man, I just want to fucking redline a sports car. And you get one, you redline it, it's like, I'm going to go sleep awesomely. I'm drunk and I'm tired. I didn't get any bitches from the club. I'm going to fucking wake everybody up. <laughs> that was fucking show those bitches. That's him. I'm not bitter about this guy at all. <laughs> I oh, can not tell. At all. Not at all. I just want to know, like, because we went from Kelvin to noise floor, and then it goes on to say this may include thermal noise, and I still don't understand, like, the connection between temperature and sound. I mean, there is... A connection. I don't know exactly what it is, but I guess we're going to go there and find out. So we're going to we thermal noise at the thermal bottom. Noise? Thermal noise. 
Johnson Nyquist noise, thermal noise, Johnson noise, or Nyquist noise. Eric, do not make Johnson noise ever. (laughs) (laughs) Is the electronic noise generated by the thermal agitation of the charge carriers, usually electrons, inside an electrical conductor at equilibrium, which happens regardless of any applied voltage? So that's just like the, the sound that's caused by atoms moving around. Holy shit. That's weird. Thermal noise in an ideal resistor is approximately white. Approximately white. (laughs) (laughs) Noise is basically white. Oh, man. I saw somebody was able to actually take a picture of a physical atom. Like, it it was on some science blog, and like, holy shit, it was wild. Good story. <laughs> oh, God, this is a lot of mathematics, square root. Of... Oh, yeah, that's the worst for you, Eric. you got to read and <laughs> think. I Well, so I never took... Uh, math? High-level mathematics. Yeah, I was in remedial math. I was learning how to balance checkbooks and do taxes. and. You know what? That puts you ahead of a lot of people if you know how to do those things. Yeah, yeah, that was... <laughs> I, I, I'm actually really happy that I didn't end up taking, like, Calculus 2, you know, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> That's not okay. You can't do that, Eric. <laughs> I mean, you, I, I did. And, <laughs> you know, who the fuck uses Calculus anyways? Mathmen. Is that the same as meat street, street meat dudes? <laughs> no. Just sl- slinging math all over the place. Slinging math. <laughs> Yo, bitch, I got some quadrilaterals, I got some theorems, I got some (laughs) other mathematical quantities. What do you need? I I got that ball calculator that you, like, slide shit across. I got you, fam. That ball calculator? For math. I have no idea what you're talking about. Math ball. (laughs) Bitch, bitch, if I... Dude, I know how to calculate when two trains are going to collide if one is going to come at 30 miles an hour and the other is at 45 miles an hour and they are uh, six miles apart. I, I can calculate when they're when they're going to collide. Tyler okay? can also calculate how likely anybody on that train is to die and also what their insurance premium should be based on that. <laughs> it's true. I, I, I'm sure there's life tables on that for that. <laughs> Like, like, no joke, dude. There's probably some kind of bullshit there of like, oh, you you work on trains. Well, that's like a that's a, a that's eight micromorts. Yeah, they have morts. That's what I was thinking. So, uh, Eric, in case you didn't know, uh, Tyler has a degree in actuarial science, which is correct me if I'm wrong, Tyler. It's just basically like probability for the most part, specifically uh, yeah, as it relates to, to like the insurance industry for the most part. Oh, that's yeah. wild. Essentially, yeah, it's like actuarial mathematics is determining basically the premiums that we we would take from people based on the likelihood uh, of various, you know, various life situations and whatnot. Even just like the little things of like, where do you live and what do you eat and stuff like that. Jeez. Yeah, one of my favorites. So there's a there's a term in actuarial science called micromort, and it is basically any factor that is associated with a one in a million chance of dying. Wow. (laughs) And there's a bunch of crazy shit. Like, I remember one of them is like, eating seven bananas is one micromort. 
Just because of like all like the chemicals that get put into bananas. It's like, it's over beca- time. Well, it's because the uh, the potassium I think it is is technically slightly radioactive, or something that's in the banana is slightly radioactive. Yeah. So eating seven bananas gives you enough exposure to extra radiation that it could cause cancer. Uh, I think every, a given going skydiving once is like sixty eight micromorts or something crazy. Um, every thousand miles you drive in your life. Um, Drew Scanlon from Giant Bomb actually went off and started his own thing, uh, kind of going around and doing documentaries about like gaming in real life. Uh, it was really, really interesting, but he uh, for his first run, he went to uh, Chernobyl and just filmed like inside Chernobyl and stuff. It was fascinating to hear about how radiation um, you know, affects people. and <laughs> Yeah, like... But then there are animals out there that, like, are learning how to deal with the radiation and stuff. Like, it's really, really interesting. I'll, I'll link you guys. Uh, it's on YouTube for free. I'll link it to you guys later if you want. As opposed to on YouTube for money. Well, I mean, there's YouTube Red. Like, Fuck YouTube Red. That's not real. Uh, I'm just saying. And I found <laughs> out the, the, the ball calculator. I actually typed calculator of balls into Google, and it's called a, a abacus. Oh, abacus. my God, Eric. Abacus. That's what you were trying <laughs> to think of. It's a calculator with balls. That's worse than what did you call a slot machine last week? <laughs> you, it Dude, was like, I was too drunk. I don't even remember. It was like the lever pulley, the lever pulley bet machine. <laughs> lever pulley deck machine. What the fuck? Holy shit! Yeah, that was really bad. I was going back through mastering that, and I was like, I don't remember this conversation, but it sounds like an Eric conversation. <laughs> I want to make that into a t-shirt. Lever pulley <laughs> bet machine. <laughs> All right. What the hell's out of your shirt? It's a lever pulley bet machine. <laughs> can't you read? Because I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hibiscuses, man. Hibiscuses. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> motherfucker. All right. Where are we going from here? Um. I kind of want to read about John B. Johnson because it's a terrible name, but I don't think it'll be that interesting. What do we got here? What can we read about? Noise generator. You know what? Let's go with noise generator. Uh, I thought it would be like, here's a box that fucking blasts air horns. (laughs) Rap air horn machine. (laughs) I mean, it technically is a noise generator. It is. I'm very upset that there's actually... It doesn't mean noises and sound. It means noises and randomness. I see. Yeah, that's a uh, noise generators are also used for generating random numbers, which there's all sorts of Ooh. like different random number generation things you can do. Like there's actually, yeah, there's uh, there, there's a Wikipedia like all at the bottom for random number generation. Well, we got to read this article. We can't just jump aimlessly. Too late. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Sorry. Go, go ahead. All right. So the theory around noise generating machines is there are several circuits used for noise generation. There's temperature controlled resistors, temperature limited vacuum diodes, zener diodes, and gas discharge tubes. A source that can be switched on and off is beneficial for some test methods. Noise generators usually rely on a fundamental noise process such as thermal noise or shot noise. A resistor at a certain temperature has a thermal noise associated with it. A noise generator might have two resistors at different temperatures and switch between them. Okay. So it like looks for the difference between them, I guess, and uses that to generate whatever random results it needs. It's interesting. Hmm. It's weird that, like, some parts of this article have, like, a whole paragraph or, like, two paragraphs, and then others are just one sentence. Like, the forward-biased semiconductor diode, and it just says, 
Another possibility is using the collector current in a transistor. Okay. Citation needed. Citation needed indeed. <laughs> I wonder if there's like the 311 on here. Oh, sorry, that's clarification. My bad. Well, yeah, no shit, because that doesn't even mean anything. Oh, God, did we just get co corrected on our reading skills by Eric? <laughs> All right, good night, everybody. Show's over. Okay. I can go kill yep. myself. <laughs> I'm going to bed. <clears throat> Right, Gas ditch charge tubes. We're definitely getting uh, down into the into the, the science <laughs> rabbit hole. We need to we need to actually make some like specific decisions to kind of get out of this corner. Otherwise, we're just going to end up reading articles we don't know anything yeah. about and can't relate to. Um, we could go to generating UHF. random numbers. Okay, generating random numbers. Oh, look, some dice. A cubicle die. Cubicle die. As opposed to... I mean, there are other shapes, I guess. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess that's true. Conceptual methods always bug me when it's supposed to be quote-unquote random. Because, like, how random really is it? Like, I understand that, like, a computer has to sit down and be like, Alright, we need to pick between number one, ten, okay, this one. But, like, the computer had to stop somewhere versus the physical method of, like, Alright, we're going to throw this dice out and based on... The angle that it was thrown out based on, like, all these different variables is what creates that, you know, random number. So you're just saying that there's, you don't like the fact that the, like, computerized randoms are kind of less truly random, random. because yeah. they lack that physical aspect? I mean, they could. Yeah. They could easily, you could easily implement some sort of physical aspect into, into computer-generated randomness. Just, like, throw some dice in a vacuum tube. Done. <laughs> RNGs are also used to determine the outcome of modern slot machines. Oh, God damn it! Liverpool bet machines! <laughs> Konami has a, a gambling division where they just make, like, slot machines and stuff. And well, isn't that where they make most of their money? Oh, yeah. Too? Like, Absolutely. That's where, like, most game companies make their money, believe it or not. But they got sued ten or so years ago because the, um, if I remember correctly, the slot machines, like, right before they showed you your results, like, right before it actually started uh, to stop the columns... It would just like flash jackpot on the screen for one frame, and then it would show you your results. So everybody kept thinking, uh, like, oh, I'm so close. I know I could feel it. I'm going to win. Because they would subconsciously see the word jackpot over and over again. Yeah, yeah. And they were like, yeah, that's, oh, that's, that's not okay. You can't do that. That's messed up. Wow. that Subconsciousness in humans is really weird. Like, it's, I don't know. It's just, it's always interesting to see how people can subconsciously have people do stuff by, like, flashing or playing certain music or like i remember i was reading about like disneyland um would like pump out the smell uh smells out to help people like hey we're gonna pump out fresh cookies to get people to want to buy like sweets oh hey you're in a dessert area like that type surprise of thing. yeah like it's just really i mean the entire marketing industry is really based around that sort of stuff of just like manipulating us subconsciously into more desirable behaviors like i think i remember reading about uh the reason that grocery stores are laid out the way they are is specifically so you lose track of where you are and lose track of what you're doing and buy extra things. Interesting. It's not there to be organized or helpful. It's there to make you buy extra yeah. things. Yeah. All right. Huh. Let's read about RNG. Uh, I was looking down and I remember that there is an interesting thing in Linux called Dev Random. And it talks about it here real quick. Um, oh, interesting. So the speed at which entropy can be harvested, entropy meaning just like chaotic randomness, basically, mm -hmm. 
The speed at which entropy can be harvested from natural sources is dependent on the underlying physical phenomena being measured. The sources of natural occurring true entropy are said to be blocking, meaning they are rate limited until enough entropy is harvested to meet the demand. Um, on Linux, the pseudo device dev random, uh, I use this a lot actually, will, will block until sufficient entropy is harvested from the environment. Like one of the ways that it gathers entropy for like, like for instance, if I'm making like SSH RSA keys, uh, one of the ways that it gathers entropy is it says, hey user, move the mouse around, type some stuff. It doesn't matter. Just just do something on the system. Do something with the disk. It just like calculates all these inputs and then and then creates dev random to uh, as kind of a way to to generate that to randomize things. Does yeah. so it actually like like you'll say like hey dev random create create this key and it'll be like it'll actually tell you do some shit. Yeah, I hope it actually it, says do it, some shit. Hmm. <laughs> Buddy, just go ham uh, on the keyboard. I, if you generate SSH keys, um, it actually will tell you do some some do something like move the mouse around or type some stuff or yeah. or open files. Cause the system, yeah, cause the system to use I/O. That's that's interesting. Yeah, I'm there's sure. your there's your random Linux fact for the day. <sighs> that's more than I needed. But okay. Uh, cryptographic hash functioning. It has nothing to do with weed, Eric. <laughs> no actually i'm kind of curious because uh, like i have a general idea of how like bitcoin and cryptocurrency works oh, but <laughs> do we real not want to go down real real quick fuck bitcoin okay i just want to no, buy like, a goddamn I... graphics card okay <laughs> No, I completely get that. Like, I would love you know the, for people to get graphics cards for not you know two thousand dollars, but the idea behind like the sign like I could care less about the worth of the money or like that. But the idea of the science behind it that you know you have a random block, I guess known as a hash that like you have to mine into and pull out random numbers until it makes a certain chain. Like it's the it's weird like that. But like that, that's why I'm curious about it, is like the science behind it, not so much the. Oh, I made $100,000. <laughs> yeah, make money uh, having your computer solve math for no reason. <laughs> That's how you build an economy. Uh, so, random number generation, there is a section for popular culture, which is exactly what you expect it to be. Uh, video um, games? Yep. The process of random number generation in games, especially in roguelike games, is often referred to Ooh. as being controlled by a random number god or RN Jesus. <laughs> Thanks, Wikipedia. Oh, God, I'm not fucking. Uh, We're not clicking anything in that section. <laughs> Speedgamingrunner.com. Speed Game Runner. <laughs> awesome games done quick. There we go. <laughs> Also references the belief that certain actions can either appease or anger the god, <laughs> leading to number generation seemingly skewed for or against the player. Or it's random, and humans are extremely bad at understanding ran true randomness. Backdoors. Also, Eric, this has nothing to do with anal sex. <laughs> <laughs> Since much cryptography depends on a cryptographically secure random number generator for key and cryptographic nonce generation... If a random ge number generator can be made predictable, it can be used as a backdoor by an attacker to break the encryption. Skip some stuff. NSA did some stuff. They always do that. 
In 2010, a U.S. lottery draw was rigged by the information security director of the Multi-State Lottery Association, who surreptitiously installed backdoor malware on the MUSL secure RNG computer during routine maintenance. During the hacks, the man won a total of $16.5 million by predicting the numbers correct a few times in a year. Wow. I want to I read about that uh, lottery rigging. Yeah. Hot lotto fraud, fraud scandal. scandal. Hot lotto. What kind, Eddie of idiot, what kind of idiot goes into like a, a, a like a, a huge lottery thing and goes, yeah, I'm going to predict the numbers over and over and over again. Like, why don't you just like, like do, it, do once. it once and then get out? Yeah. Yeah. And then like wait like a few years, maybe even then it's like, uh... or just hit a couple like low level prizes. Yeah, don't don't hit the big one multiple times in a year. Like you fucking dumbass. Yeah, that's, <laughs> you deserve to get caught, idiot. And it looks like he only confessed last year. Oh, interesting. Oh, so this is so it's a fairly recent uh, development. Yeah, and they actually uh, uh, looking further uh, down. They stopped using Hot Lotto in just this past October. Yeah, it looks like they started back in two thousand five. Yeah. Wow. He ultimately confessed to rigging lottery drawings in Iowa, Colorado, Wisconsin, Kansas, and Oklahoma. Also involved in the scheme were his brother and former Texas Justice of the Peace, Tommy Tipton. Old Texas at it again. Texas at it again, <laughs> old Tommy Tipton. Texas businessman Robert Rhodes. <laughs> Welcome to the Meat Street. Huh. <laughs> That's interesting. A $14.3 million prize for the Hot Lotto draw on December 29, 2010 had been left unclaimed for nearly a year when attempts were made to claim the prize on behalf of an anonymous offshore trust company in Belize. The claim was rejected because it was made anonymously. That's interesting. Wait, you can... So I, I know there was a Reddit post about this a long time ago, and I read it, and it was about like what you should do if you win the lottery. Like If you win any sort of lottery that's eight figures or higher. And it's like, first of all, do not tell a single person you know and take all of these steps. And one of them was, if possible, claim it anonymously. Because otherwise, everyone you know, everyone who thinks they know you, and anyone who thinks they can take advantage of you is going to come out of the woodwork to get that money Oh, yeah, from absolutely. I guess, like, winning the lottery is uh, associated with, within several years, being bankrupt or dead. So. Hmm. Yeah, just like, I don't understand why... I mean, like, I understand using some of it to pay off some things, but just, like, put it, like, uh, put it into some, like, CD, and then just, like, take out... Or in a trust or something. The, uh, yeah, some kind of trust, and just, like, take out what, um, take out the, the interest as, like, your quote-unquote income. Yeah, and then never tell and anyone. you just live fine. Yeah. You live the same way, and you don't have to work a day again. Yeah. I'd be perfectly fine with that. That'd be the dream. I could play video games forever. Yeah, seriously. But no, everyone wants to go, I'm going to go buy everything, and I'm going to help out my family, and I'm going to go, you know, get this huge-ass boat, and then, oh, now everyone knows, and get fucked me. That <laughs> yeah. Huh. Investigation. On November 9th, 2011... Philip Johnston, a resident of Quebec City, Canada, phoned the Iowa Lottery to claim a ticket that had won the jackpot. Stating he was too sick to claim the prize in person, he provided a 15-digit code that verified the ticket, but his prize claim was turned down when he was unable to answer questions that verified he was the owner. 
On December 6th, he phoned again, stating the ticket was actually owned by an anonymous individual who was being represented by a Belize-based shell company, Hexham Investments Trust. Hexham? Hexham. <laughs> Hexham. Eight hams. God, I Wait, six hams. hams. I'm an idiot. Six hams. Well, what's the, what's the going market right now on ham? Uh, it's probably not, you know, 14.3 million, so... I mean, fourteen point three million market for ham. That's a lot of ham. Yeah. That yeah, that damn. I should move my four one k to ham. You're pretty <laughs> much going to buy a whole hog farm at that point. Those hams, those hams, those hams are steamed. I tell you. What. Uh. <laughs> Aurora okay. Borealis. Okay. Did you did you see the the art the uh, YouTube video that I posted earlier on on Facebook where there they were this is person who is like doing different like regional burgers and there is literally literally a steamed burger like no they way. take the burger and cheese and they put it in a little thing that has a bunch of steam and stuff that heats it up and i'm like what it's 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 steamed hams it's steamed hams it's steamed holy hams. shit i bet you that was something that probably came about after the simpsons someone's like you know we can do it that way we could steam a ham <laughs> we can steam a good ham challenge accepted at this time and this (laughs) ah let's see so the reason that he got in trouble is because they did finally get surveillance footage of when the ticket was bought because somebody kept trying to claim it anonymously and couldn't and it turned out to be that guy Eddie Tipton and apparently as an employee you're not allowed to participate in the lottery at any time just fucking have somebody Stupid ass. <laughs> dumb, dumb idiots. Dumb, dumb, dumb. Just have a friend go, hey, can you help me out real quick? <laughs> yeah, although, to be fair, Tyler, if I was like, hey, can you go pick me up a lottery ticket, play these numbers? You'd be like, first of all, no. And then I would harass you, and you'd finally go do it, and then it would win. And you'd be like, hey, so uh, about that favor I did you there, bud, let's talk about it. <laughs> and I wouldn't blame you. But, like, again, like, this guy did it multiple times. Hot lotto draws are conducted using a random number generator computer running on a computer in MUSL's Des Moines facility. The computer is in a, quote, locked, glass-walled room accessible by only two people at a time and only on camera and is not connected to the Internet or any other networks. Tipton was led into the room on November 20th, 2010 to manually adjust the time on the computer to reflect daylight saving time. It was alleged that while Tipton was in the room, he used a USB flash drive to install self-destructing malware on the random number generator computer, presumably to rig a draw. Tipton's co-workers described him as having been obsessed with rootkits at the time. Really? Like... <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, did you know you could install a backdoor? Guys, I and, read the Google thing. And you could and... get access to computers? <laughs> number one. Quote, unquote, obsessed. Number one. Nobody at work pays attention to you. Nobody gives a shit about the weird things you're into unless you won't unless you won't shut up about it. And, yeah. and secondly, I'm I also very much doubt that they would even remember what rootkits are. Well, I mean, if he was talking about it in like an IT setting and there was a bunch of IT people he was working with. I guess. Maybe. Because like I don't know, I've talked IT stuff with other people, like, you know, I've had people really obsessed with Bitcoin or people really obsessed with like AOL punters, like... Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, hey, here's another thing. It was also noted on that day, security cameras were configured to record for roughly one second per minute. 
That's not suspicious at all. One second per... Wow. Also, real quick, I just want to point out the sentence that said that co-workers described him as obsessed with rootkits. The citations are four and 20. <laughs> <laughs> nice, dude. <Yeah>. Nice. <laughs> nice. Good shit. Sorry, that's all I had to say. <laughs> In his closing arguments, Attorney General Rob Sand singled out two pieces of evidence as proof without a reasonable doubt that Tipton had engaged in fraud. Firstly, co-workers and friends of Tipton testified that the voice of the man on the surveillance recording matched that of Tipton. Secondly, MUSL IT Director Jason Marr testified that Tipton, recording to him, had access to a root kit, but did not provide any further details. That was what the conviction was based on. Really. God, that would suck having to pay back $409,000 in restitution. Yeah? Like, did he get to keep Did he get to keep the money? I'm assuming no, because it was technically stolen. Like, I wonder, like, what they, like, did they just, like, take everything in his house? Like, if you bought a house with the money, like... Yeah, they have they to take, take any assets related like, to it. Wow. So he could be homeless. That sucks. I mean, also, he's going to be in prison for 10 years. I like the specificity I mean, yeah, of the uh, the dr- the drawings that were rigged. The random num- number generator used to pick the lottery numbers in the 2007 Megabucks incident showed it had been programmed to produce knowable outcomes if the drawing occurred on three dates of the year, May 27th, November 22nd, and December 29th, provided these dates were Wednesdays or Saturdays, and the drawing was after 8 p.m. That's specific. What? I mean that's pretty that's deep that like you know that that's pretty randomized. This is like that like I don't think anybody would like sit down and be like wait a second if he was running like multiple numbers constantly, you know. On February 4th, 2016, the Iowa Lottery and MUSL were sued by Larry Dawson who had won a 6 million dollar hot lotto jackpots several months after the rigged draw. Dawson claimed that because because MUSL had officially recognized an illegitimate draw as having a winning ticket, the following drawing jackpot should had not have been reset to one million and would have theoretically reached sixteen million by the time of his draw. As such, Dawson claimed, given the party's failure in properly auditing their games, he was entitled to ten million dollars that was not awarded in the rigged draw. That sucks to also get sued because <laughs> somebody else won and is Damn. pissed about it. Not only you get owned, but then you got sued by someone because you got owned. Yeah, <laughs> getting sued because you got owned sucks. All right, so where are we going to go to God, from here? Because uh, we got we got a, a pretty wide array array of options. We can uh, look at different state lottery systems. Daylight saving time. Oh no, I <laughs> fucking hate daylight saving time. Actually, yeah, let's read about it because I, I need to know when it ends because I want to know. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, we we that's actually something that we need to know. Yeah, that's actually going to be all right. Cool. Daylight savings time. All right, Tyler, why don't you read? I'm tired of reading. Okay, um, so Daylight Savings Time, or abbreviated DST, known as summertime in some countries, is the practice of advancing clocks during summer months so that the evening daylight lasts longer while sacrificing normal sunrise times. I just like the, the use of sacrificing in a, uh, a, a Wikipedia article yeah. about time. <laughs> sacrificing um, time. Typically, regions that use Daylight Savings Time adjust clocks forward one hour close to the start of spring and adjust them backwards the autumn the standard time but why 
George Hudson proposed the idea of daylight savings in 1895. The what German Empire George? and the Austria Hung Austria Hungary organized the first nationwide implementation, starting in 1916. DST is generally not observed near the equator, where the sunrise times do not vary enough to justify it. Makes sense. Okay. There we go. Rationale. That's that's helpful. Oh, okay, yeah. Rationale. Industrialized societies generally follow a clock-based schedule for daily activities. Thanks? <laughs> you're, oh. you're right, Wikipedia. We use clocks. Thanks for telling <laughs> us. In contrast, in agrarian societies, daily routines for work and personal conduct are more likely governed by the length of daylight hours and by solar time, which change seasonally because of the Earth's axial tilt. By synchronously resetting all clocks in the region one hour ahead of standard time, individuals who follow such a year-round schedule will wake an hour earlier than they would have otherwise and begin and complete daily work routines an hour earlier, and they will have available to them an extra hour of daylight after their work workday activities, theoretically. Theoretically. Except it's always on Sunday, so it never actually fucking matters. The manipulation of time at higher latitudes, for example Iceland, Nunavut, or Alaska, has little impact on daily life because the length of day and night changes more extremely, and thus sunrise and sunset times are significantly out of phase with standard working hours, regardless of manipulations of the clock. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I, th I think part of Iceland is above the Arctic Circle, where it's extremely close, like close enough where they just get twilight at some points during the summer, like they don't actually get a, a full sunset. All right, so, sorry, I'm skipping a little bit down. That's fine. Uh, the history of time in the United States includes daylight savings times during both the wars, but no standardization of peacetime DST until 1966. In May of 1965, for two weeks, St. Paul, Minnesota, and Minneapolis, Minnesota, were on different times. <laughs> what? The capital city decided to join most of the nation by starting daylight savings time, while Minneapolis opted to follow the later date set by state law. In the mid-1980s, Clorox and 7-Eleven provided the primary funding for the Daylight Savings Time Coalition behind the 1987 extension to the U.S. Daylight Savings Time, and both Idaho center senators voted for it based on the premise that during Daylight Savings Time, fast food restaurants would sell more French fries, which are made from Idaho potatoes. <laughs> what? what the fuck? <laughs> Holy shit. Like, could you imagine the dude just sitting in Congress just like, man, if we do this, we can sell more French fries. And then everybody's just like, hell yeah, French fries yeah, are awesome. You know what, let's do this. This is fucking just the greatest idea ever. Fucking America's awesome. Absolutely <laughs> genius. Somewhere in Texas, a man is just slowly crying a single tear of just like, wiping it away with America. His yeah. God bless French fries. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how about those disco fries? I am oh, I had uh, I had disco fries during lunch today, and they were really good. But they was listed as poutine on the menu, and I got really upset. Ah, and, like, got him. It was owned. fucking bullshit. I'm like, this is owned. fucking. Owned, this owned, fucking owned. bullshit. <laughs> hey, so on the daylight savings page, there's a uh, there's an advertisement. Um, under politics uh it says victory congress passes daylight saving bill get your hoe ready <laughs> oh my god hey yo get your hoe ready congress passes daylight saving bill get your hoe ready Thanks, Uncle Sam. I'm now I'm now imagining that in like like an old like nineteen like sixties like 
like TV commercial, like get your home ready. I can't even. I can't even replicate it. No, like, that actually that was pretty good. That voice was good. <laughs> There's a whole entire little article, many uh, couple paragraphs about Microsoft Windows that I guess like Windows 95 had a rule built into it. Uh, to use the correct rules for daylight savings time back in 1995, but then when they released 19, Windows 98, they never updated that rule. Then Israel had to shift their computer clocks, clocks manually twice a year, shift and then they got pissed cocks. off about it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want Israel shifting any clocks. <laughs> I mean, that's how you go faster. Like, you got to. You want to do some multi-track drifting. <laughs> you gotta go fast. Dude, <laughs> dude, fucking Diddy Kong racing over there, man. I'm glad that, like, Israel kept trying to work around it, and it just kept fucking up. And then eventually they went, you know what, fine. We'll just we'll just do it your way. We don't care. I want to go to Windows 98, because I remember Windows 98. All right. Microsoft Windows 98. Codename Memphis. Windows 90. Boom. It was meant to be. 90s. 90, Windows 98. 98 okay. Texas edition. Eric. Yeah. Do you know where Memphis is? Wait, that's not Texas. Oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. What uh Where where where's where's Memphis? Where's Memphis? Where's Memphis, boy? I need on, to know. Tell us where's Memphis, boy. Come on. You Come can on. do it. Is it Tennessee? There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Why did the why did I think Memphis was in Texas? Don't That's answer loud. that. <laughs> I have no good answer for that question. Is there... Isn't the... Uh, it's okay. Just let there it another, Isn't okay. there... An, <laughs> it's okay, Eric. No, there's another city in Texas that sounds like Memphis. I'm trying to remember what it is. Is it Dallas? Or you, just Texas? It might be, I might be mixing up Memphis and Houston. Oh, yeah, those sound identical, oh. Eric. Those sound exactly <laughs> the same. So Windows 98 was a hybrid 16-bit and 32-bit monolithic product with the boot stage based on Microsoft DOS. It succeeded Windows 98 Second Edition, which in turn was succeeded by Windows ME. Windows ME was the biggest piece of shit in the world. It was mm -hmm. absolute garbage. Uh, I just want to... Okay, there's... On the side, there's a screenshot of... Windows ninety eight displaying its desktop. Yeah. I just I just want to look at what's on this little this little uh, task bar here. Okay, we got. Uh, I think it's the AOL channel guide. Bullshit. Yeah, it is. is. It? Yeah, that's the AOL channel guide. You got you got MSNBC. You got Disney, Pointcast, WB, and then of course AOL. Yeah, that's exactly what that is. Man, I miss AOL. No, I don't. No, I, I, I had a lot of fun playing AOL role-playing in the role-play chat rooms. And screen names and profiles. I used to play... I used to connect to AOL um, and then play uh, Rainbow Six uh, Rogue Spear. Online. Oh, wow. Yeah, dude. That was Hell a yeah. Old school. I remember playing a lot of uh, MechWarrior. I remember playing a lot of Descent. And uh, Age of Empires. I never played it. I think Empire. my first Age of Empires was really good. Like I got super into StarCraft, but a lot of my friends played Age of Empires pretty hardcore. Um, 
Oh god, dude, I'm getting emotional now because I'm just rem- I'm re- I'm reminded of fucking Ashron's call. Oh rest no! Rest in peace, Mike. Rest in peace, buddy. I will miss you uh, so much. I used I to. I remember I used to connect all the time. We used. Uh, we mainly used Net Zero, I think. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Net Zero. Dude, those. Oh my god, I miss Ashron's call so much. So. I remember for a while when we still had AOL and uh, because my parents didn't want us to uh, to get online during the day when we were homeschooled. Um, so they mm-hmm. they would like make it so that one of them had to sign on to to authorize anyone else to sign on that day. So me and my oh, brother just sucks. installed NetZero. <laughs> <laughs> Owned. And we we're like, see, I was, yes. We're just going to do that. I did, th- I did that with NetZero, then my NetZero free trial ran out. So I did it with... Uh, geolink or something like that and then that ran out and then i paid a kid at school to make me a screen name on his aol for five bucks and it was fine for a month until his dad got really pissed off at like two o'clock in the morning he was quote unquote trying to check his email and he kept getting booted off by what the fuck is f0 gx 420 he's just getting hacked that's all it is he was, yeah, he was pissed. I <laughs> so bet. I lost my account there, and then we got uh, a cable modem, and that was like, holy shit, cable modem. I could cable be online all the time and not get booted off. Oh, I know. DSL, what? What? Somebody calls the house, and I'm still online. Holy shit. Hell yeah. I like that uh, for the Windows 98 beta, the beta was in production for almost two, or like a year and a half. Before they decided, you know, people might want to be able to upgrade from Windows 3.1 to Windows 98. <laughs> like the, Wait, what? The first year and a half of the betas of Windows 98, you couldn't upgrade from 3.1. That's, wow. That seems like a massive oversight. So I'm trying to remember, like, the, the, the time frame. So it was, like, it was Windows 3.1. Then 95. Then it goes straight to 95? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. So you, I guess, okay, yeah, I guess that makes sense. So you know, it wouldn't be like trying to upgrade like Windows XP directly to Windows 10 now. It would be like if yeah. Windows 7 couldn't update to 10. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Which it's hard to make it for that Windows 7 doesn't update to 10. Oh man. Oh man. 3D pinball. Oh my god, 3D pinball. We're going there. It's under web integration and shell enhancements. It's like uh, on the right side in the second to <laughs> last paragraph. Shell enhancements. Oh, yeah. Let God. me tell you something. 3D pinball is probably the biggest enhancement made in Windows 98. <laughs> Dude, 3D pinball, I used to play that all the time. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. I like how they have this like this like neat little like like uh, game art for it it's like dude come on like it ain't gonna be that good it's it it came with the os like let's be real 3d pinball for windows space cadet i mean it was pretty badass though it was pretty good for for the time it was so good i don't give a fuck i mean like when the internet didn't work like you know you went straight to 3d pinball in solitaire and you could only do solitaire for so long and then like and I'm assuming, Eric, you were never very good at Minesweeper. No, I could never figure that out for the life of me. That well, was dude, so I used fucking... to play Minesweeper. I had a game on my calculator 
to play Minesweeper. My so what, how do you how do you play? How the fuck do you play Minesweeper? So you basically just have to determine which squares obviously are going to be mines, and then mark them with a flag, and then clear every other space. Like, do you really not understand how Minesweeper works? No. <laughs> so Tyler, uh, I think my best game of Minesweeper ever. I cleared a ninety-nine mine, uh, like the 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 default hard setup, in a hundred and sixty seconds. That's insane. Yeah. How how did you do that? Fast. <laughs> He's got to go fast. Yeah, and I think the best that I ever did on the ten mine level was like eleven seconds. Anyway, goddamn. 3D pinball. Uh, okay, 3D pinball. I'm glad that like the the Windows version of it was actually like a stripped down, more basic version, which means that the official oh, yeah, dude. the official full version was actually even better than Space Cadet on Windows. Oh yeah, I'm I'm now seeing full tilt version of a Skullduggery. Skullduggery. Yeah, and Dragon's Keep. What the wow! I had no Look idea these that. existed. Where it must find peg legs loot. The player can accomplish <laughs> that two ways either by piecing together a treasure map or by activating and completing a series of mini games on the table called modes. Huh. I just, okay, real talk. I didn't even know that there were versions outside of Space Cadet. I, I honestly didn't either. Well, because Space Cadet, you know, was bundled with the OS. You never really looked into it any further. Yeah, like, I can't look up on the internet because what the fuck is the internet? <laughs> <laughs> Mom won't put in the AOL password. <laughs> Dude, I remember I remember we had we had two we had two phone lines at the house just so that we can use one to connect to the internet and one to actually use its phone. Yeah, we had that at one yeah. point too, and then we'd get really mad okay. when telemarketers would call the second line. <laughs> oh yeah. That's I'm trying to play worse. a game. Oh, I got kicked off of MechWarrior so many times. And I was so mad about it every time. All right. Well, where can we go from here? Um, okay. No, uh, I, I know exactly where we can go. There's a link to Multiball. Multiball. <laughs> Glossary of pinball terms. <laughs> uh, okay. This isn't as fun as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> Is there a multi-ball disambiguation? Uh, <laughs> I don't no. think so. All right, never mind. Never mind. We're going back. Uh, are we? Are we? Go, oh, are we man. doing our first backtrack? Because we haven't backtracked before now. So, well, because, oh, guys, 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 okay. scroll all the way down. Go to all W. Down where? Oh, to W. Okay. Uh, on on Glossary to Pinball. See Wizard. Yeah. Rock Opera Tommy. Oh, no. Which one are we clicking? Rock, yeah. Opera, or Tommy? Oh, shit. I'm going to let you guys decide. Uh, I'm kind of curious uh, about Rock, Opera, because I uh, I used to work for a theater company that started because the uh, the guy in charge of it wrote a Rock, Opera, couldn't find any theater groups that wanted to do it, and he said, fine, fuck you guys, I'll do it myself. And, oh, yeah, I saw uh, whatchamacallit there. Yeah, Shadowbox, uh, Tyler. Yeah, Shadowbox Theater. Yeah. That was a nice theater. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they, they got started because um, in, in like 88 or 89, uh, their owner, Steve Geyer, wrote a rock opera called Evo. And nobody wanted to do it. And he said, fine, fuck you. I'll do it myself. <laughs> That's awesome. 
So let's go to rock opera. I haven't been to Shadowlux in a while. I need to go back and see another show. Me either. Yeah, I caught. Uh, it was a it was a retelling of uh, not the Taming of the Shrew. What's the Christmas one with uh, Tiny Tim, Christmas Carol? Oh, uh, okay. I saw. Yeah, I saw Christmas Carol there. All right. Uh, oh, that's some good whiskey. A rock opera is a collection of rock music songs with lyrics that relate a common story. Typically released as concept albums and are not scripted for acting. Acting, which distance dis. Which distinguishes them from operas. There you go. Thanks. Although several have been adapted as rock musicals. The use of various character roles within the song lyrics is a common storytelling device. The success of the rock opera genre has inspired similar works in other musical styles, such as rap opera. Yo. <laughs> Yo. You guys remember <laughs> it stuck, in the, stuck in the Closet? That was the greatest oh rap opera. Oh my god. Stuck in the Closet. This kind of good. One time... And this was about 10 years ago, me and my friend Samit, uh, for like two weeks, we would only talk to each other in trapped in the closet voice. And we were just <laughs> narrating what we were doing for the most part. Uh, I don't remember oh, this, but, but several people have told us that this coinc- this uh, culminated, sorry, like the, the, the peak and the point where we stopped doing it was we had watched yeah. some movie where a guy like was able to break out of the trunk of his car when he was locked in there by somebody who was trying to kidnap him or something. And so we, like, yeah. again, in a locked in the closet voice, or trapped in the closet voice, are betting each other that we can break out of our own car trunks. <laughs> and we're super drunk. So, um, <laughs> and our friends lock us in our trunks, and the cars were right next to each other, so we're, like, talking to each other, again, still in trapped in the closet voice, <laughs> when we're talking about how dark it is in the trunk, <laughs> and how we can't get out. And I think they left us there for like a half an hour. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god, that is amazing. I think they just wanted to burn it oh. out of us. They're like, just get this shit out of your system, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so this is before like all the uh, trunks had the uh, green pulley lever to escape, right? I mean, that was why we thought we could do it because, and I remember this part of the conversation, like we we're like, you know, all cars yeah. are supposed to have it, so we should be able to find it and get out pretty easily. And it turns out when you're drunk yeah. and it's pitch black, it's pretty hard to find it. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. You're, you're a goddamn idiot. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I kind of want to do a, a, re, a video remake of this. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I I. I can't. Weirdly, I'll force, I do too. I'll force Glenn to get into the car. <laughs> Leave him out there overnight. Wait. Oh my god. Uh, I'm reading in history, uh-huh. and I'm confused. The first two or three sentences are really confusing, because I, I just don't have the context, but one of them is especially confusing. Colin Fleming of The Atlantic has identified the story of Simon Simopath, 1967, by British psychedelic band Nirvana as the first recorded rock oh. opera. Hold, hold on, huh. hold on. There's, there's... Uh. So I'm hovering over the Nirvana link, and it's directing to Nirvana, parentheses, British band. So it's just a different Nirvana. That that explains oh. enough. Okay. Um. Oh, yeah, American Idiot is a punk rock opera. I saw that with my friend Zach. That was in Chicago. That was pretty good. Was that actually a, was that actually a punk rock opera? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's basically 
almost all the songs from American Idiot, plus some songs from like two of their other albums. Like, yeah, organized in a cohesive narrative with a little bit of dialogue in the middle of it. Hmm. I did not know that. Yeah, uh, apparently at one point, because I I was reading about uh, American Idiot. You know, let's just go into that. Into that. Um, We're going to American <laughs> Idiot. Let's go to American Idiot because uh, I remember I read some of this stuff before, but I don't remember a lot of the details. Yeah, I I just jumped down to the stage musical part since that's what we were talking about. Uh, it's not in here, damn. But uh, they had a bunch of people actually like playing roles in oh, the Broadway production of it for a while, like um. Oh, who the fuck was it? It was somebody like crazy that I did not expect played a role in it. Like, I want to say Sarah McLaughlin played somebody in it for a little while. <laughs> wow. I, but I don't think it's her. It was some other, was some other female musician played like one of the main punk characters. And I was just like, that does not, yeah. that doesn't fit in my brain one little bit. A cunt. Pitchfork gave it a 7.2. What? <laughs> what? Oh. <laughs> Pitchfork is a goddamn racket. Hey, uh, they did, they reviewed fucking, um, what's his fucking name? Kanye West, 10 out of 10, baby. All right, 10 out of 10. Uh, I liked. Did they really? I liked the Onion article where they, where they talked about, um, pitchfork reviewing music and gave it like a three out of five just music in general <laughs> as a concept three out of five a concept album dubbed a punk rock opera by the band members american idiot follows the story of jesus of suburbia a lower middle class american adolescent anti-hero through its plot the album expresses the disillusionment and dissent of a generation that came of age in a period shaped by many tumultuous events like the iraq war the album was inspired by several musicals in the work of the who Recording of American Idiot was split between two California studios between 2003 and 2004. Wait, the Who? It was an, the Who? Yeah, I didn't realize who? it was influenced by The Who. The Who? 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 I get it, guys. <laughs> I get it. Who? The, the, the who? who? The Who? Eric. The Who? <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> Oh my god, that was perfect. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I wonder how that looks in my... Uh, uh, never mind. How that looks in your waveform? It probably looks fucking huge. <laughs> it, it looks it like looks a like rectangle. The <laughs> <laughs> it probably does. Uh. Apparently it was going to be adapted to a film. Well, I know they did a Broadway play. Yeah, I was already talking about that, Eric. Come on, keep up here. <laughs> oh wow this is really good in 2016 in an interview Billy Joe Armstrong revealed the movie had been approved by HBO at that point the script was still getting rewrites production date not officially set but aimed to begin in late 2017 Armstrong confirmed he would repri- reprise his Broadway role as St. Jimmy interesting I mean I'd, I'd watch a movie about it like I wasn't the biggest fan of the album but like I think I would give the movie a shot. I hated the album when it came out because I like Green Day was one of the first bands that I really started listening to as a kid. Yeah, and the change in sound from um, normal Green Day to that. Well, and it, it wasn't even just that; it was like uh, from Nimrod to Warning, and then on to uh, uh, American Idiot was just such a major like change in style for them, which makes sense. They're all getting older, 
But, you know, at the time I didn't like it. I'm like, oh, you sold out. Fuck you, you fucking idiots. How dare they get old? How dare they get old and change their <laughs> musical style and their views on life and their priorities? I want you to make this is bullshit. Angry, shitty, dickhead, teenager punk rock for the rest of your lives. I feel like that's kind of like what happened with Blink 182. But like, I really enjoyed their new album, uh, California. Like, it feels like. Well, Tom DeLonge also went fucking insane and became a huge yeah, dickhead. Yeah, well, he. Yeah. I remember they did a song. Oh, fuck, dude. I don't even remember the fucking name of it. It was like a super, like, chill song, but like. Who, Blink 182? Yeah, but it was the, like, the the vocalist was not. <laughs> Where are you? Oh, uh, I know what song you're talking about. Um, uh, I'm so sorry. What song is that? Fuck. I Miss You is the name of that song. That's off of their uh, eponymous album. Yeah, yeah. Which came because out I remember in that 2003. Song, like, it was like so different from everything else they made. I'm like, I actually like this. And then whoever the fuck the fucking main That's vocalist Tom. is came in. And I'm yeah. like, I'm like, you know what? Nope, fuck this song. Yeah, like Mark is the other vocalist and the bassist. The one who's like the, the deeper, more somber voice. And you're like, okay, this isn't yeah. too bad. And then Tom Kazan is just, where are you? Where are you? <laughs> <laughs> like your nose is dying oh and so am I. <laughs> Where are you? <laughs> oh my god. god. Alright, you know, I think I think we're gonna wrap it up today on American Idiot. I think that's uh that's where we're gonna let this die today. <laughs> that's a high note, yeah. American Idiot, but I just want to point out that Ian got me pizza. Oh shit. What kind of it's pizza? A gi- it's a giant sheet of Adriaticos. Uh, it looks like pepperoni. Thank you. I'll I'll have a few bites and I'll wrap it up and put it in the fridge. Okay, I don't want it. You're giving me heartburn. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Okay, so I'm back. I'm back. All right, let's 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 go. All right. Well, uh, we were wrapping up. Oh shit. Where were you? <laughs> where are you? And where's Your my pizza? Podcast. What is this? Tyler got some pizza. Okay. No, stop okay, this. Before we go, I need to figure out what that song is. It's called I Miss We're You. Th- I just said that. And it's is off it? their oh. eponymous album. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Ian walked in and I had to talk to him. Jeez, shut up. So, today we started <laughs> with Chaotic Rotation and ended with American Idiot. <laughs> so that's that's a pretty good wandering i think uh we got to be careful about not sinking down the science hole in the future because it does doesn't exactly make for the best humor should i sing us out <laughs> no do not sing us out Where are you? <laughs> yeah, <he's just> <laughs> oh. what why did you why did you mention Blink 182, dude? <laughs> Why did you do this? Was it me who mentioned it? I thought it was Eric who mentioned Blink 182 first. No, it was Eric. me. <laughs> I know. I, I'm the one who brought up that issue. Don't worry. It's, it's my fault. I'll, I'll, I'll take the blame for this one. All right. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. If you're still here, if you're not here, I don't blame you. Good night, everybody.